The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to the APC podcast feed. I'm Justice Mosqueda. I'm joined here by Tyler Brooks. Save us for the people, Tyler. What's up, people? It's safety week. Uh, we did a lot of cramming, Justice. We did a lot of it. I literally was watching film two day after I delayed this podcast an extra day to bomb myself time to watch even more film. Um, Good. The more the merrier. That's great. Not the guys that I said I wanted to watch done. Um, but before we get into safeties, we should talk about Aaron Rodgers. He has emerged. Um, he was in Ashland, which I don't know if you guys are familiar with Ashland. Ashland is like kind of middle of nowhere. Their big thing is like Shakespeare Festival. It's very like, it's the people who are, it's like an entire city of people who are really into Harry Potter. That's the best way to explain it. All right. Um, Rodgers came out of there. Haven't heard a damn thing out of him he's not liking anything on twitter which he's usually doing didn't do the uh mcafee show obviously on tuesday they had a week off um i was joking with tyler ahead of this because we're both going to end up going to the combine so it's text um come find us come come drink with us. Right. we'll probably have something in hand um there is a chaos scenario where aaron Rodgers announces he's either retiring or coming back on the mcafee show while Brian Gutekunst, uh, the general manager of the Packers, or Matt LaFleur, the head coach, are on the podium down there in Indianapolis at the scouting combine. Uh, what what do we make of all this? Plus, you know, all the hashtag sourced uh, stuff that's come out. You know, obviously, Bob McGinn um, talked with Tyler Dunn for Go Long. He said that the team is disgusted with him. He thinks the team has moved on, all that stuff. Um, just based on based on his gut feelings that was that was what the source was right it was it was interesting i don't, I don't want to talk too bad about those guys i, I like yeah. that Dun, Dun's I, nice. I like Dunn as well Dunn's awesome um but it is it's like an hour-long podcast up on that site again go along if you want to go check it out um it is behind a paywall i paid for it um you don't have to we're going to talk about it a little bit here uh but if you want to go support you know journalism go do that um it was kind of hazy between where McGinn's reporting and where his gut feeling, where that line in the sand was drawn, right? So does he think they're disgusted? I never think anyone's disgusted with anyone. That's never something I've assumed before. Um, but then we've had s- supplementary reporting from guys like Tom Pelissero from NFL Network who have said things like, you know, they want Aaron Rodgers c- c- to come back if he's all in. 
which is an interesting qualifier once you start hearing all the stuff that's coming out and they're like, they're not happy that he wasn't at OTAs with all these young receivers. Like they didn't think he was all in. They didn't think he was working out in the off season hard enough to keep his legs fresh, which I think he's kind of even admitted like his legs are, are kind of going a little bit um, even impressors last year and stuff. So what do we make of all this Tyler? What I really want to happen is for him to like make this decision with like a shaman, right? And the shaman be like, you know, your chakras and your auras. I think they're all pointing you to the New York Jets. Plus, they have a great defense, the salary cap space to withhandle your contract. Angel makes 60 million a year. And he'd be like, you know what? That's a good call, shaman. I'm going to do that. But in reality, dude, no one knows what he's doing. Like, we're just sitting here waiting and speculating wildly. No one does. No one, no one knows. I, you don't. I don't even know if he knows yet. And I, I do think he is earnest that he really has no idea what he's doing, uh, and he's taking some pretty creative measures to try and figure that out. Well, the way that he's made it sound is so before his trip, right on the McAfee show, he said he was going to go um, to. Now we know it's Ashland. That's you know it's been reported by ESPN and all that stuff. So he's going to go in Southern Oregon, hang out in a hobbit hole for four nights, um, emerge, hang out. I assume, you know, uh, he, he's going to go, I think it's this weekend, he's going to do some sort of weekend trip and then he's going to come back and, you know, it's basically deadline time. Like he said, he wasn't going to hold the team hostage ahead of free agency. Um, if you don't know how the inner workings of the combine work, like, negotiations are really weird right so like technically there is that weird period right before what do they call it legal legal tampering in free agency where you're allowed to talk to agents before clock strikes midnight and it's new league year and now you know the players contracts have expired um just so that everyone can have their kind of ducks in a row ready to go for free agency so that like if in, I just remember in Dominican Sue and, and Mario Williams, you know, signing like at the cl- strike of midnight or whatever, um, so that you have an opportunity to actually at least contact those agents. That process starts a lot earlier than that legal tampering period. And that actually begins at the combine. So, you know, Green Bay doesn't have a ton of cap space, but they're going to have to maximize what they do have. And if Aaron Rodgers does want buddies to to come back or whatever, like, they're going to have to let these agents know. I mean, for the most part, like there's basically like five really big agencies now. Like you can't screw over an agency and like flat out lie to them or you're cutting down your potential market moving forward as, you know, whoever you are as the contact point. So Green Bay's got to get that in line pretty quickly. I do think, I think the Jets are the most likely possibility. Um Okay. Just judging off of their actions, I do know this is fact. This is uh, not Devontae level, not Darren Waller level, but I, I do know um, the Raiders are still poking around about the idea of of Aaron Rodgers, even though I think their general manager just said on, uh, I think it was Bussin' with the boys, you know, two former uh, NFL, I guess, I guess former now because Taylor Lewan just got cut. Um, two former NFL players host that, sh- that podcast. I think he said on it that like the Raiders don't necessarily need like a one year solve at quarterback, which like kind of points to them not necessarily like breaking the bank for Aaron Rodgers, even though 
think Devontae Adams would love it. Because imagine if you're Devontae Adams, you got traded to Oakland or Las Vegas, they move away from Derek Carr and you're stuck with like Jarrett Stidham for a year. That sucks. And if you're the Raiders, imagine having a disgruntled Devontae Adams in house, the guy you paid yes. unbelievable amounts of money. So I, yeah. I imagine he has a little bit of sway in that organization right now. Yeah, that's so that's something I'm keeping an eye on. But I think the Jets, based off of their actions, their actual actions, where they're they're bringing in Derek Carr. They have him in for two days, right? He ends up, I think, canceling a, a visit to another team to hang out with the Jets for an extra day. There's reports that they, that they were telling him, you know, we think you can be a Hall of Fame quarterback if you end your career with the Jets. Which, First by the way, ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, by the way, doesn't sound like Zach Wilson is in their long-term, uh, you know, plans, even though Bob Salah, uh, every, every – uh, Press conference, he gets up there. You haven't seen the last of Zach Wilson. I think we might have seen the last of Zach Wilson, guys. Um, the fact that they're saying all those things, that they've showed that much interest in Carr, and they haven't made the move, right? Like, Carr is out there. Carr can sign with anyone right now. Like, someone gets in his ear, they can change his mind. Um, I, I I think they're more interested. Um, and then, obviously, you know, Hackett being there now as, as their OC, that's a pretty big deal. And then um, – I think the price point would be something like a first and a third. And I thought it was interesting. I think it was Pelissero reported. Um, the Broncos gave up more for Russell Wilson, even though he was their second choice to come to Denver than they would have offered for Aaron Rodgers. So don't think of the Russell Wilson trade. I think the numbers of first and a third, maybe it's that like third comes with conditionals that can become a second next year or whatever it is but i think those are the numbers as of right now yeah i'll take it at this point um just, i just need it to be over man can we be honest like <laughs> this offseason's dragging and it's two weeks long so far and all we talk about is where's aaron Rodgers gonna go um it's, it's getting it's getting tiresome i did i did one i understand the sentiment because <laughs> I can't get great sleep right now because I don't know what I'm going to be waking up to on the West Coast. I'm always always worried about that anyway. And then um, I was I was looking – I can't remember what it was. I was on the Packers Reddit, which, by the way, pretty good conversations there in, in general. Seems like one of not, – not as toxic as you would think Reddit would be at times. Um, and someone was like, I'm just tired of hearing of it. Something needs to get done. And they are like, tagged the guy. I was like – do you hear this? Joe Schmo is tired of this. You need to make a decision soon. And it's like, yeah, he doesn't care. He's not thinking about us. That's, yeah, a, that's, that's not what this is about. So it's part of what we signed up for covering this team. Yep. Um, gut check right now. Do your best. Uh, do your best Bob McGinn impression. What What do you think happens with Aaron Rodgers? I don't know why. And I have no, again, this is, I don't think this is based off any data or anything. I don't know why, but suddenly I've just gotten the weird feeling he retires. I don't know why. It's just giving me some weird vibes. I kind of do too. I think think if Vegas was pushing hard um, as an organization, and that does have to be an organizational decision, I'd be more convinced that he goes there. Um, I think these leaks are obviously coming from somewhere, and Rodgers is going to look with a side eye. Um, at, at all of these leaks coming out, I don't think he discounts everything that comes comes uh, reported by the media from from you know team sources and stuff like that. Even though he pretends to, um, and then the Jets are just 
It's tricky, man. I mean, all the stuff that we heard is he wants to get to the West Coast. He wants to get to the West Coast. He's spending the offseason in Malibu, all that stuff. And um, he's he's not showing up at OTAs. And now you're going to go to a new team with virtually no one that you have any chemistry with other than Nathaniel Hackett. You know, it's obviously a very talented team outside of the quarterback position. You're dealing with the New York media, which is it's entirely different. Um, very few people are in that room in Green Bay anyone basically can get in that room in New York and ask him a question. Right. And then I know you guys hate to hear about this stuff, but like the fact that the owner owns Johnson and Johnson, the same vaccine that he <laughs> said he would not take because that's the, the one that theoretically he wouldn't have been allergic to. Right. That's how the vaccines work. It's like, basically his claim is that he was allergic to um, basically like glycerin in in a couple of the mRNA vaccines. And th- and then they were like, well, you could take the Johnson and Johnson. And he was like, well, it's had all these blood clot things. And then it was like, it was like five blood clots specifically in pregnant women. So like technically it wouldn't have impacted him playing underneath that. And then the fact that like, I'm not saying he needs to be muzzled or anything like that, but the fact that he doesn't muzzle himself, like that's a major controversy just waiting to happen in the New York market, right? Like, does he want to live that life? I don't know. Maybe he just wants to go in hobbit holes and just retire and say, you know, to hell with it. So that's just kind of what I'm thinking. I, I, I'd lean he's retiring too, but again, that's all, uh, that's all gut, gut feelings. Yep. Just vibes, just vibes, baby. Um, speaking of vibes, we'll get into the vibes on the Mm -hmm. safety class right after this break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. All right, safety class. We've watched these guys. The college film plug came in right on time. I think it was like the day after we recorded uh, the uh, Draft Talk 1.0. My plug came in and was like, hey, do you want like a thousand college football games? And I was like, of course (laughs) I do. I'm literally watching the safeties, which are probably one of the hardest positions to watch if you're trying to watch the broadcast for you. So we got the coaches film on that. Um, Again, just want to set the table again on the safety class and just like the safety position in general. Why are we talking about safeties, you know, first in in this pecking order? It's because the Packers might need two of them. Adrian Amos is going to be a free agent. Rudy Ford is going to be a free agent. Uh, Darnell Savage was moved to in their nickel sets, so their base sets when they have four DBs out there, two corners, two safeties. He was playing safety at the end of the year, even though he was replaced for – I think a week and a half by Rudy Ford in their nickel sets at the end of the year, he was playing the slot. So they had Rudy Ford and Adrian Amos playing, playing up top and then, you know, hit him inside. Um, Savage is on a one-year deal. That's a contract that, you know, Archon at our site um, has talked about a lot. Like that might be like trade a pick with Darnell Savage just to get out of his like $9 million get fully guaranteed fifth year option. Right. Like yeah. that's potentially on the table this offseason. So we're talking about maybe three safeties that they need to replace. That's a lot of snaps. Um, that's a lot of safeties. 
it's a lot of safeties. As far as draft history for Gutekunst, um, only guy he's taken above Tariq Carpenter, who was drafted in the seventh round this past year, was Darnell Savage at 21. I looked at like their uh, not just who they've drafted, but who they've actually played to. So we're talking Darnell Savage, Tariq Carpenter. They drafted uh, Vernon Scott out of TCU. Adrian Amos played for him. Rudy Ford, Ennis Gaines, Jonathan Abram, uh, Mike Abernethy. Abernathy and Henry Black and just kind of like averaged out like height, weight, speed, all that stuff. Their averages, RAS, relative athletic score. So that's like a zero to 10 sliding scale, right? Um, The average at the position is 8.62. So pretty clearly like they're looking for more athletic guys. Uh, Average 40 time was a 4.46. Pretty good. Six foot and a quarter is the height, and then 207 pounds is the weight. They have gone after some smaller guys, right? Um, Abernathy was uh, 195. Henry Black's under six feet. Uh, Abram was under six feet. Rudy Ford under six feet. Savage was only uh, – Savage was 5'10 and change. You know, only uh, – uh, he was also sub 200 pounds. I kind of think that this falls under the – this, like as far as safety goes, like I don't think they're going to look for a slow guy, right? And then as far as size goes, I don't think anyone's really that impacted in this class. Like as long as you're above like 5'10", which is generally like where their cutoff is as a team, like that's across, you know, safety, corner, uh, wide receiver. Like as long as you cross those bars, I, I, I think you're fine. So I think we're talking about a full slate here. I don't think anyone gets DQ'd just off of high weight speed in this class. Um, I guess let's start at the top. Brian Branch, he, he's the top rated guy in this class. Uh, I'm going to be using the consensus draft board when we talk about this. Um, Brian Branch is ranked 17th overall on it. I think he's a slot. I really do. I was looking at NFL.com yesterday just to, you know, one last gloss over to make sure I'm not missing anyone. Lance Zerline uh, works there. He does, you know, radio stuff in uh, Houston uh, on top of working for NFL.com. His dad was a long time, I think, uh, offensive line coach in the league. He's really well connected. Um, he usually gets some like quotes uh, from executives and stuff like that on some of these players. He actually had Branch ranked as a corner. Okay. I don't, think, I don't, I don't think that's crazy. Because I, I really don't think he's a safety. I was uh-huh. looking at um, PFF's draft guide, and they had like his thousand snaps or whatever he played this past season. Do you want to guess how many were played as a single high safety, Brian Branch? How many snaps total did you say? It was like a thousand. <laughs> say like sixty. Five. <laughs> Five. He's not a safety. No, he's really not. He plays full time slot for him. Um, I think the physicality lacks a little bit, which is I tweeted that out. And then people are in my mentions, like he missed five tackles his entire college career. I can show you two games where he misses more than five. I don't know how they're calculating missed tackles, but like. I Brian found that Branch very is, strange. Some of the numbers I've seen on missed tackle rates. Cause you watch the film and you're like, these guys are really slow tacklers and you go to branches, actual tape. And even if it's not pure misses, sometimes he just kind of like slides off a guy. Yeah, exactly. That's where it's like, all right, well, what are we calling a missed tackle then? Like, I I don't know. I Um, I do think, I do think it's, he's still physical. I just don't think he's the best tackler. I think he'd be, Um, I think that physicality. I think as if if he moved to corner, he'd be really physical, you know, for a corner, but for what green Bay looks for. Right. Um, I mean, 
there's basically like three roles that you can play as a safety, right? There's single high, right? You're playing post safety. You're in the middle of the field. You're just trying to take that spot up, basically taking that stuff away. You could be a drop down guy, right? Which is like more like uh, Adrian Amos if you use him ideally, right? And then there's split high safety guys. And I, I think Branch would probably be better as a drop down guy, but he's like a coverage drop down guy. His coverage skills are there. Like he'll he'll jump routes, he'll pick stuff off. You can watch the Kansas State game. He picks a ball off, doesn't play for like a quarter, and then comes back in and makes another play on the ball. And it's like, yeah, that guy probably should be playing in the slot or should be playing corner, but that's not really what Green Bay's looking for. They're looking for those split high safety guys. They're going to be playing with a light box and they need those safeties to rally to the ball and actually make a tackle. Um, yeah, I was doing, I did an interesting look at uh, just like yards given up at the safety position by mm-hmm. far, like cornerback. It's almost always yards before the catch, right? Yep. It's like not missed tackles at safety. The overwhelming yards that you're giving up at safety is after the tackle. So Something to think about. Like, they just need guys who are, like, solid at that spot. I mean, I think most people who watched that Packers defense last year probably thought the same thing, you know? Um, The next guy on the list, and I think he is a true safety, Antonio Johnson out of Texas A&M. He's ranked uh, 36 in the class. I split guys out into safety and in the slots. Um, As far as true safeties, though, I ended up ranking him third. Um, I know I know he's a big guy. He's a long guy. Everyone's going to be excited about him just in terms of the height and stuff. He comes from, like, I think he was, like, a five-star uh, recruit and all that. He has dealt with a couple injuries. I just didn't really see that with him. I, I saw a solid football player, definitely an NFL player. I'm not even sure if he's a starter, though, necessarily. Yeah, I have him as safety four and um... – I don't think that's any discount on like what you can project him to be. Cause I mean, the measurables are there. Yeah. I think him and branch are two guys that are going to test phenomenally well at the combine next week. Um, but yeah, there's just not that. What's that one thing that he does that makes him stand out among the rest of the safeties. Right. Like I think he does a lot of things uh, like solid or well, um, but I don't think he has that one trait besides just being a tall um, that makes yeah. him really stand out in this class. Uh, he, but yeah, he's my safety four. how many guys did you watch by the way? I watched. Uh, eight. Okay. I watched right. eight. Um, yeah, he, he was interesting. He's like an idea, I guess is the best way to put it. Like I'm sure he could play special teams for you. Maybe he could develop into something, but as far as what you get out of him right away, I, I, I kind of think, you know, a lot of these draft rankings, especially pre combine and even like way earlier, you know, in the season, like, a lot of them are just based off of like who's been on the field at a big school, who was a big recruit, stuff like that. Maybe it, maybe when we're talking about um, this safety class closer to the draft, people are like, yeah, Antonio Johnson's a third round pick. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's exactly where he should go. You know, but it as reminds far as me right a lot now, of uh, it reminds me a lot of uh, Trenton Simpson, the linebacker out of Clemson. Right. Like a guy mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year ton of first round buzz and then you watch them throughout the year and you just you know you know super athletic and you can see why people are excited about him but on tape it's just not as exciting as you'd think yeah the next guy on the list so this is the third ranked safety on the consensus draft board he's actually my top 
true safety because again we're I'm calling Branch a slot. Chris Smith out of Georgia. Yeah. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> Holy crap. I love this guy. So he's ranked uh, 69th in the class. Nice. Um, so we're talking about a borderline second, third round pick on most mock drafts right now. I was told by my buddy, uh, Deontay Lee, who works for the athletic, you know, he's, I don't think anyone cares about DB play more than him. Um, when I told him what I was looking for in the safety class, he was like, Chris Smith might be your guy. A hundred percent, man. Yeah. He's blowing everything up from depth. Um, has great foot speed. I thought, um, was pretty physical for like a quote unquote, like smaller guy. I think he took great angles to the ball, has good hips, has a good pedal, can erase a tight end even from depth, right? Like a tight end is running a drag. He's playing high safety. He'll just go and take it and outrun the guy. Um, Six interceptions in his college football career. SEC first team, uh, first team guy, and he was an All American. Love him. Can't yeah. get enough of this guy. If you wanted to like write him in second round pick right now for the Packers, I would be ecstatic. This guy in this draft class, which is again probably a weaker one, um, like this guy probably should go. If he was like two inches taller, he'd go in the first round. Yeah. Like I think that's totally valid. I mean, I'm I'm sure you remembered him vaguely from that season opener against Oregon. Sure uh, do. He was, Unfortunately, that was that. I mean, that was the first time I really got a good look at him, and I was blown away by that just just decisiveness, ability to trigger downhill, and the explosiveness. Because like, you know, he hits hard, but he's also just explosive as crap. No matter what you know role you're assigning to him, um, I think he's a very fun player. Um, as far as just anything down downsides I have, like I think he times his hits well on deep throws to avoid like pass interference. I don't think he cheats his responsibilities. Um, I'm not totally sold on his top end play speed. Um, and I do think, you know, if he's in the slot, he can get cooked by more explosive, you know, deep threat guys. Um, but you know, that doesn't seem like the role that you'd put him in at the next level. Um, and if you're looking for an Adrian Amos replacement or someone like that, I mean, it's hard not to get excited when you watch Chris Smith. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be playing, like, sub inside linebacker stuff in, like, dime or whatever. No. Like Adrian Amos was. But as far as, like, true safety go, he he's my guy in this class. Um, He's 5'10 and a quarter, 188. Those are verified measurements from the senior bowl. Again, that's not that small. Like, that's pretty close to the range that uh, Darnell Savage was. And Darnell Savage was taken in the first round by this team. Yeah. So, again, like... He pl- he plays he doesn't play small either. Like he is a you know not the biggest guy in the world, but he doesn't play small. He's very violent. Um, the one game that did give me a little pause was the Florida game. They had uh, this wide this uh, wide receiver um, number one who just kind of bullied him a little bit. And that Florida team had a pretty good offensive line. That was the only game that I even saw a team really test the physicality of Chris Smith in any way where he wasn't just winning that every single time and like blowing yeah. stuff up in the backfield, like the Oregon game or anything like that. Um, love that guy. I need him on this. Yeah. Team. You're going to hear my, me just batting, you're banging the table all year. I put branches as a safety just cause you know, whatever. I don't have it down to the specifics of roles and stuff, but uh, Smith is my safety too. Yeah. Um, the next guy on the list is Jordan Battle, who is my second yeah. safety. Out of and Alabama. he's my third. Yep. There we go. <laughs> he's 
he's again another one of those bigger guys. He actually played true safety um in that in the Alabama defense, whereas Branch, you know, played that nickel role. Um he is more of like a drop down type of guy, but Alabama doesn't really do that a whole lot. Like they do that in base. They play like cover three match. If you guys want to Google Rip Liz match, um, you guys can read about kind of how that scheme plays in uh in base sets when there's only you know two corners on the field but all their nickel stuff and their sub package stuff it's a bunch of split high safety things and you know battles had to run with guys and that hasn't been a problem for him in the past he's a really physical guy i don't think he's as explosive as chris smith is but he definitely has more size like if they could dude if they could get chris smith and jordan battle to play next (laughs) to each other yeah like do it do it. Trade yeah. out of the first round. Get so get an extra second round pick. Spend those two second round picks on Chris Smith and Jordan Battle. Let's move on and win some football games in 2023. That's how I'm feeling. I think the things that differentiate Battle from Smith for me are, you know, size obviously, along with length and play strength. Yeah. Uh, he does play more, uh, you know, stronger. Uh, I like the way that he engages blocks, keeps outside contained when there's a guy trying to bounce it to the outside. Um, he does all those little things. Like if there is a pile and the pile's kind of moving, he will fly in there and make sure there's no more forward progress, stuff like that. Um, I just love a safety that's not afraid to get his nose a little dirty. And I, I think battle checks a lot of those boxes for me. Uh, like Smith, I'm not totally sold. I'm not actually not totally sold on his uh, top end play speed or anything like that. Um, but yeah, the size and strength and length are all very appealing. I think he's a tick slower than Smith. Yeah. Like just a little bit. Um, I do think ball skills might be an issue for him. Like he's not going to be some sort of like pick artist or anything like that, but he he's, he's a chance at someone like uh Hufunga, the safety from San Francisco, who's playing, you know, lights out right now, kind of one of those bigger guys. Um, He's a chance at that. Yeah. The next guy on the list, Sidney Brown, he's ranked uh, 81st on the consensus draft board out of Illinois. He actually has a twin brother in this draft class who's going to come in as a running back. You guys are probably going to hear a lot about them and, you know, his family and all that stuff uh, on draft day. I want you to start talking about him because I want to keep my thoughts on him hidden for a second. He misses a lot of tackles. I I know we're going to talk about it at some point. Okay. I'm glad we saw uh, the same thing. He's a football psycho, though, and, like, I really admire that. For a, a safety, he does I mean, they put him in the box a lot. Um, but he's absolutely willing and capable as a uh, guy in run support. Um, he, he had the ball skill production, but it felt like it was just like a lot of really terrible plays last year from Big Ten quarterbacks. If you go and watch all six turnovers he had, I mean, some of those throws are just ill-advised or just horribly you know, inaccurate and things like that. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not totally sold on him as a full player. I have him as safety six uh, in this group. Um, but I, I just like a guy that's competitively tough and, uh, he's pretty well built. What is he listed at currently at the senior bowl or shrine or wherever? Yeah. He, he, he was at five ten flat, 213 pounds. So he's thick short man. stocky, short stocky. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I, I, I didn't have many other notes. The missed tackles are a concern. Yeah. And the missed tackles become more of a concern, you know, as you know, to your point, you already mentioned this, but. He was used as a drop down safety all the time. Um, yeah. I was I was watching the Wisconsin game, and he was basically playing in the box the entire time. Um, yep. And 
he's 213, but like he plays smaller than Chris Smith, mm-hmm. right? Like he might be the same weight as Jordan Battle. He doesn't play with the physicality of Jordan Battle. He doesn't. And I think the other problem with those missed tackles is a lot of times with his gap or whatever, he gets so excited. He just over pursues the running back and the running back cuts back on him and he gets put in a tough spot. He is a certified psycho. Like yes. this guy. That's like, why he I love will, him. Yeah, he, he is. I still like him. <laughs> he will like, yeah, you could send him on kamikaze missions and he, he doesn't blink. You know what I mean? There was a, who's the Wisconsin back. Everyone's going to make fun of me for missing Braylon him. Allen. Braylon Allen. They sent him on a blitz right at Braylon Allen. And he he went in so hard, but Braylon Allen just stuck him immediately in pass protection. And that's that's what I worry about this guy. I'm like, he plays like his hair's on fire. But, like, is he going to be strong enough? Is he going to be fast enough? I don't know. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, he's a 5'10 safety who's dropping in the box a ton and Green Bay's playing a bunch of split high safety. Like, does that – like, he doesn't seem like a scheme fit. He yeah. really doesn't to me. I, I have him in the same spot. I – Again, I watched eight safeties. Um, I ranked sixth as actual safeties. I called two of them slots. Sidney Brown was my sixth safety out of all of them. So I guess we're a little lower on him than most people. I had 14 safeties I watched. He is sixth for me. Um, it was There's a significant teardrop for me after the first three or four. Um, yeah. I don't know if we'll actually – I'll, I'll probably have to go back and talk about safety five uh, after this because I don't know where he's ranked on consensus boards. Okay. Um. Next guy on the list, uh, Jamie Robinson from Florida State. This is the second guy I'm calling a slot. This this is not a safety to me. Um, he's ranked 84th on the consensus draft board. Just wasn't super impressed by what he was doing when he was a, a high safety. For a smaller guy, he doesn't really have that many traits. The, the way he, he does play really smart, and I do like yeah. his play in the slot a lot more. Um, my buddy Griff, who covers the uh, Seahawks, explained him like he looks like a 31 year old who used to be really good at football. Oh like that, gosh. <laughs> like he, he was comparing him to like a current stage Jimmy Ward, right? Like can get five starts a year, plays plays really good in the slot, but like might, probably isn't a full time guy. That's kind of how I feel about him. How, what do you think about him? Yeah, he's my safety nine. Um, <laughs> I, again, again, I watched 14 guys, and I, I like yeah. most of them. I don't love a lot of the guys, but I do like them. Um, I do like the motor and aggressiveness. Uh, I think the play strength is surprising for a guy of his size. Uh, I don't think the tackling technique's great. Uh, I do think he can get caught creeping up and run support too often. Um, I'm not sure about his sideline to sideline range, which where I think where you're talking about him as a potential slot guy makes a lot of sense, um, even if he did play uh, all over. Um, but... I, I got. I heard got a bunch of guys are really high on him, and I watched him, and I, I I just came away a little disappointed. Yeah, he's not the biggest guy either. Um, five ten three quarters as far as his height, one hundred ninety five or one hundred ninety four pounds as his weight verified at Senior Bowl. Small hands under nine inches. Um, relevant in Green Bay though, again, because the the way if, if Savage gets traded. I think that then opens a door for a guy like a, a Jamie Robinson to be able to be drafted even to play slot full-time, right? Because mm-hmm. Keyshawn hasn't been resigned. There's teams that are resigning oh, no. guys like crazy, right? I don't want to talk about that yet. I know, ready. but he's, he's the fourth, uh, yeah, he's the fourth corner, right? And we could possibly be talking about Russell Douglas 
moving to safety potentially that opens up a, a nickel spot and that could be something that Robinson fits in and plays, but I I just don't think he's a full-time starting safety in, in this league. Um, Let the record show. I'm not, I'm not opposed to small safeties. Buddha Baker is one of my favorite evaluations ever. This man is not Buddha Baker. Yeah. Chris Smith, again, on the smaller side, my favorite safety in this draft class. Um, Next guy, second to last one that uh, I've watched. Uh, JL Skinner from Boise uh-huh. State, number 89. Massive guy. I think he's like 6'4", like 220 or something like that. 6'4", um, and a quarter, and 2'11". Goodness gracious. Yeah, I mean, big dude, and you could see it immediately. I kind of have him in the Antonio Johnson range. Like, they're okay. kind of similar guys to me. And there's, for some reason... Uh, a 50 spot difference between where they're ranked. Like Skinner, he's like graded as like a late third round pick. Antonio Johnson's graded as an early second rounder. And I'm like, these guys are just kind of like ideas. Like, I don't know what they do super well. Like they're obviously willing tacklers and stuff like that, but I don't think they're super great at it. And then I don't, I don't know what their other plus plus traits are other than they're big and they're willing. Yeah, um, I definitely was a you know with that size, I would love to see Skinner just be an absolute game wrecker. Um, yeah, I don't think he's as physical as I was like, but I'm also just picky with my physicality at this point. I'm I getting, watched the I'm I watched the BYU also. game and I was surprised because you know I BYU's did not watch a, that one. BYU is a big physical team, and I was like, all right, let's see him get after it. And there are a lot of times that he just kind of pulled up a little bit, and it's like, dang, dude. I think I think the trait I enjoy the most that I caught a couple times is that he does have the mental processing to kind of have a feel for routes and start breaking on them. Even before I saw at least one play where he starts breaking on a route even before the wide receiver gets into his route. So I think that mental processing is there. I think if he interviews really well with that size profile and if he does test well, I mean, you're looking at a pretty solidified day two guy. Um, I have yeah. him as safety eight. Yeah, I, th- I think he's a day two guy, too. Here's my hot take probably of the draft class. And I'd be interested in seeing, because I, I think I'm furthest off uh, the consensus board with this guy. The last safety I watched and my third rank safety, Brandon Joseph, Notre Dame. Okay, really? Okay. Ranked 103rd on the consensus draft board. Just thought he could do everything. Didn't realize he transferred in from, from Northwestern, Northwestern. Yeah. until uh, I started checking his stuff out. Has a bunch of history um, you know, with ball skills and stuff like that, did everything for Notre Dame. So, you know, most of these guys, right? Like, uh, I guess we should talk about it with Skinner. Like, Skinner was a split high safety guy, right? Antonio Johnson is kind of a drop down guy. Sidney Brown was almost exclusively a drop down guy. Battle and Smith were both split high safety guys. Joseph was a guy that they moved around everywhere. They would have him mm-hmm. split. They would have him because he is a bigger guy be the drop down guy that would have him play post safety in the middle of the field. Like I think he's like the glue guy in a secondary, just solid across the board, has some ball skills is clearly a smart player. Like you could see him again, he's first year in this Notre Dame system, which I guess, you know, they turned over coaches and stuff like that, even though the DC got promoted to head coach, but he's barking at the linebackers to make sure that they're getting in the right spot. They basically didn't do like Ohio state wasn't able to get him right. Like they weren't able to expose him in ways that they expose other guys on that defense. I was pretty impressed. Like that's a guy, man, I would, 
I wouldn't I wouldn't blink if that guy went in the end of the second round. And again, he's ranked like a round and a half lower than that on consensus draft board right now. Yeah, I, I mean, I have him a safety 11, and I think this is where the perception comes into play or like how people study guys. Uh, I didn't get the opportunity to watch his all 22. I'm watching broadcast yeah. footage of him, so I definitely have different opinions of him just off that. Um, but you can absolutely see the size and athletic profile, right? Um, I wish I had gotten to go back and watch his Northwestern stuff because I remember Northwestern fans were like really upset when he transferred because he was such a good player for them. Um, so I, I maybe I need to go back and watch that as well. Um, I did see some maybe competitive toughness lapses or play strength things. Um, when he's taking a guy one-on-one again, I think I'm just being unfair with safeties. I think I just want all football players to be psychos like Sidney Brown, even if they miss some tackles. Um, so maybe that I, I, I yeah, safety 11 for me, uh, you might be able to sway me to go back and watch him again. So that's that's how I have it. Um, okay. Again, my my ranking, I'll go off of mine, and then I want you reading like your top eleven because I know there's guys that that I missed. Um, have just frankly haven't seen. I only ranked the guys I saw. So my guys at safety, it's Chris Smith, Jordan Battle, uh, Chris Smith, Georgia, Jordan Battle from Alabama, Brandon Joseph from Notre Dame. I, I think those guys are the guys to me that are starters. Those guys, year one, they're starters. Get them on the field. Antonio Johnson uh, from Texas A&M, J.L. Skinner from Boise State. Those guys, I think, are like ideas, right? Like they're willing and they're big. Let's figure out what to do with them once they get into the NFL. Hopefully they they get good at something. Then Sidney Brown at Illinois, I just think he's he's a little small. I just think he's a little small, and I think that's going to kill him. And then the slots, I have Brian Branch out of Alabama who – I wouldn't discount him playing safety, frankly. And I know there are playing corner and I know there's a good corner class, but like maybe someone does it. And then Jamie Robinson from Florida state, who again, solid player. I think he's very smart. I think he's going to have to play in the slot at the next level. I don't think he's a full-time safety. Cool. Uh, we covered almost all of my top 11. I think we're only missing two guys. Uh, so number one, I've got Brian Branch out of Alabama um, two Chris Smith out of Georgia, three Jordan battle out of Alabama uh, Antonio Johnson, number four, Texas A&M. Uh, let's just stop here at number five. Jay Ward out of LSU. I watched this Whoa. guy yesterday since we had an extra day. Um, I had watched him in the Florida State game in the opener, and I was like, man, this like senior safety guy is just like knocking people out. Um, ju- just going through snaps, over 100 snaps, a slot, outside corner, deep safety, box safety. So the versatility is just outrageous. Um, six foot one, 186, 32 inch arms, um, a little lighter for a safety guy, but just, I, I love his absolutely relentless demeanor. Like he plays really hard, hits really hard. Um, and then he has excellent movement skills. And when he's in man coverage, he does a good job of baiting quarterbacks as a deep safety with his eyes. Uh, I think three or four of his interceptions I watched uh, over his career, just jumping around, uh, and getting in front of a guy. So like, all those skills are there. You could theoretically move him as well to cornerback, but I think with that versatility, the competitive toughness, uh, and the coverage skills, like I've really liked this kid. That's awesome. I I'll here's what we'll do. I'll get I'll get the uh, tape in the Dropbox, the Notre Dame tape. I'll throw it into the Dropbox when we do the tight end episode, which probably won't be next week, to be honest. Because again, yeah, we we're going to the combine. We're going to be busy. 
But the week after the combine, we'll talk about tight ends, the second biggest need voted by the APC readership in this offseason, unless, you know, Tunyon gets re-signed or, or something like that. Um, and the first half, I'll, I'll watch Ward and report back. You watch Brandon Joseph out of Notre Dame and report back with the All-22, and we'll see yeah. how our notes compare. Because I feel like we're most in line on everyone but those guys. Just be I haven't seen Ward and you didn't get coaches film on Joseph. So I like that. Maybe that's something we can do for every position when we find those guys where we're different. We can recap the next week. Um and Sounds good. go back and revisit those differences. I'll just finish this off. Six Sydney Brown out of Illinois. Uh seven, Jair Brown out of Penn State. I don't that's know. That's the last to. guy I didn't get mm-hmm. to. Because I, I cut it off at Brandon Joseph, he was ranked 103, and then Jair, Jair Brown was the very next guy on the list. Just didn't watch him, to be yeah. frank. So at, at our high school that I coach at, um, we had a recent coach that's now working at Penn State, and he told me that I really needed to watch this guy. Um, described him as like not only a captain on the defense, but just an overall leader on the team. Um, came away with him, just like, you talk about a deep safety guy with rangy ball skills, stuff like that. Um so I was impressed with him. Came away as safety seven. Then I got Skinner at eight, Robinson at nine, uh, Rashad Torrance out of Florida at 10, uh, and then Joseph at 11, Hickman at 12 out of Iowa State, uh, another Florida safety trading at 13, and then Jartavius Martin out of Illinois last. Yeah, he was the deep safety. I don't know. Yeah. I, I got a couple of looks at him, but Wisconsin, That I was most paying attention to that Wisconsin game. Wisconsin wasn't throwing the ball over the field. So I don't know if I can make a great, hard. great yeah, great evaluation of him. I will say DeMarco Helms, he's on the consensus draft board. It looks like he's going to be a draft pick, got invited to the combine, went to the senior bowl. I don't think he's an NFL player. I think you can turn what, what on school? Alabama. He, okay. He's the other true safety who played next to Jordan Battle, number two. Um, he, Jersey number two. If you watch the Tennessee game on the All-22, they're going at him every single time. And they just basically said, like, this dude can't run. Let's max splits. Let's switch release our wide receivers and just run deep routes. And his legs are just are not going to be there. And he was getting dunked on left and right. And it's like, that guy, like, if you're lower on the depth chart as a safety in the NFL, you have to be able to play special teams, which then says, like, you have to have some sort of, like, athleticism to to make the roster do i just don't think like helms might just be a practice player that you bring in to like simulate a drop down safety if that just you don't have one on the roster like i kind of just think that's his role that reminds me a lot of uh the florida safety trey dean so this uh guy had 13th uh because everyone's talking about how big he is and how he's gonna like shatter bench press records and things like that um but in the tennessee game against florida um, they put guys in motion at him and he just gets completely confused by his checks and just lets guys get deep behind him. And they, they picked on him like multiple times in that game. Oh man. Well, I'll, I'll add Brown to the list too. So I'll watch Brown and Ward uh, for our tight end show, which again, will be in two weeks because we'll have you covered for the combine. I think we talked about it today. You mean text. We're going to do daily episodes while we're down there. See, mm-hmm. see what kind of fun and uh, trouble we can get into. And then you rewatch Brandon Joseph. I'll throw a couple games in that Dropbox. Sounds fantastic. And uh, you'll be we'll be meeting in person for the first time in my neck of the woods. It's only a thirty minute drive. Yeah, I'm for me. coming to I'm coming to you. This nice. is exciting, man. Um, 
Elmo, yeah, we're taking you to Harry and Izzy's because St. Elmo's was booked. Not surprised. Um, shrimp cocktail we've already discussed. You're going to have to try that. Uh, and then my new favorite thing the last time I was there, Elmo Colas, which are just signature whiskey Cokes by St. Elmo's, and they are delicious. <laughs> okay. I could take down some whiskey Cokes. I've been known to take down some whiskey Cokes anyway. Yeah, first combine. Did did the All-Star Game stuff a lot. Never went to the combine. Wait, you've never why. done the combine. Okay. Never this once. exciting. And I've been down to Mobile and done the Trine game and stuff like that. Even when I was with the XFL, we didn't go to the combine. Um, yeah, I don't know why. I just, I, I think I just like was like, oh, I already saw all my buddies, you know, in coaching and in media already. So why do I need to yeah. go to the combine? It's the same thing. Um, awesome. We got a position done. Chris Smith. This, this is one last thing I want to talk about. Um, how much you love Chris Smith again? Let's do no, 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 like no. it. Too. <laughs> um, cause, cause I have written a couple of things on the site about the wide receivers. And one of the first comments that I get, because I always mention, you know, their, their height and stuff like that and how green Bay has been, uh, or not so much height, but like weight and how specific green Bay's kind of like measurable preference is. And I, I, I say preference because they do break rules, right? Like they took Jair in the first round um, I know they liked Olave last year and he wasn't a 200 pound wide receiver, but those guys are more exceptions to rules than anything. Tyler just put his head on the desk because he's so sad that we liked Olave. We wanted him the so Saints much. gave up everything for Olave. Like you can't, and you it can't was blame the him. Right call. It was, it was, but what I wanted to say is fans are like, and I, I don't mean this in a negative way. Like maybe they just don't understand the process, but when you're building out a draft board, your draft board isn't 500 people long when you're doing this on the team level, right? Yeah. When you're doing this on the team level, you're looking at what type of a guy do we want? And those are the guys that we're targeting and adding. You can look up. I think the Cowboys draft board is leaked like five different times because Jerry Jones will just like show it in front of a camera, like on day three of the draft, like after the draft, those they're like a hundred and uh, 50 players long and that's including yeah. guys at the tail end that they have draftable grades on that end up going undrafted like i think there was one year like the cowboys didn't have eric armstead on their board that's a first round pick just not on their board that happens yeah. that happens i i think that's why i enjoy what we're doing with these weekly ones uh especially once the combine's over uh, i think it puts us in the view or like the lens of watching these guys from a Packers perspective and right. building out our theoretical Packers board. And maybe once we're done with this little project, we put together a Packers board uh, and share it with the people. That's what I was going to say. So let's, let's do this exercise on the way out. If we had to put three guys at this position on a board and just yeah. say, you know, this is where the consensus draft board has them going, right. Or, or yeah. where the general public has them going, which guys do we want to target at those spots? Oh, yeah, well, we know two of them. It's Chris Smith and Jordan Battle, Battle, right? Yeah. Okay. The third I'm one's tough. Locked in. To me, it's Joseph. I think Joseph would okay. be my third, and I'd fight for it. I, I I don't have a strong opinion on a third. I mean, based on yeah. where he's on the consensus, I think I'd argue Rashad Torrance, but, like, I mean, he's not yeah, a see, I haven't seen him player. And he's, like, a, probably a day three guy, and I'm not super excited about that. Okay. Um, so we so can hang maybe... our hat on Chris Smith and Jordan Battle, then. And then Those are I our guys. That, Maybe this is the debate where Jay Ward and Brandon Joseph comes in, and we're going to have to present our cases in a couple of weeks. All right, two weeks. I'll get you. Perfect. Thanks for the time, Tyler, again.
of course. Uh, it's it's nice watching hours and hours and hours on players and finally getting to share all this information. Yeah. Uh, go, Pat, go. Hopefully Aaron makes a decision soon. <laughs> 